somebody take this one. Awesome. Probably thirsty, not probably. Probably. How long ago was it since we ate? Pardon? How since we. Yeah. The burgers. Maybe three? Oh. It's the three we started. Okay, so try to talk in the direction of the mic, at least. Hello, Mike. Microphone. What is that? No, with this chair. <coughs> nice. So, Moster Roth private chocolates. Yes. Quite nice. It's from Audi. That's what you want. What a day today. Yeah. You don't have any idea what we want to talk about today? Not really. Especially mm -hmm. after the exams, you know. All my creativity has vanished into these written conglomerates I've handed into the professors. The funny thing is, while writing this test, is that I, I, I can write like three pages on one question. I still feel like I haven't answered the question. Man, buddy, tell me about it. Especially in strategic management, I was like, where do I start and where do I end? I don't know. I threw a, f I threw a few jokes into the questions with Professor Bowman. Yeah? Yeah. I did it with Mrs. Fisma, with Business Psychology and Leadership. Yeah? Yeah, I think she probably still helps me, it gives me like a decent 64 or something. Or 69 at least. That would be punished. No. No. Yeah, no, no. But you've done international business already, haven't you? Yeah. How'd it go? It was really cool, man, actually. I was talking about artificial intelligence, and my thesis statement was trying to convince them that it's necessary for us to regulate the development of AI mm. right now. So that by the time AI starts developing properly, they don't, it doesn't control us. Mm. But we have systems in place that let us regulate it and use it ourselves. And I talked about that. The time limit was from 10 to 20, 20 minutes to talk. Mm. And I spoke for 25. And at some point... Did he, he downgrade you? He just told me, like, Khaled, uh, I think you passed your time. I'm like, well, damn, it's uh, sort of a hell of a nice thing that you have a lot of time tonight, don't you? Because the person that was supposed to take... I was supposed to do my presentation at 4.30 and I did it at 3 because someone didn't come. Okay. And no one came after me either, so they had the time, you know? Mm. And he was like, yeah, but, you know, you crossed the time limit. I'm like, yeah, well, it's a good presentation, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. And then... Uh, then I just did it. Kind of 
Great. Yeah. But he's not telling you the grades yet, is he? I asked him for feedback and he said that he won't get feedback. But I mean, that was like, for me... I think that's a bit bitchy because it's yeah. not only about the grade, it's about that... Yeah. And then I don't, I don't want to have indications from his feedback, but isn't that one of the points why we study what we study so people can give us feedback on what we do and think? So we can improve more, that's it. Yeah. I think this is a, this, that's a weird statement. And it's something I like to improve a lot. My ability to talk in front of a lot of people is invaluable. Yeah, and, and especially not, not just doing the talking, but having different kinds of audiences and being mm -hmm. able to totally differentiate the way you speak. Whether you stand in a hall, whether you stand with workers or students. You mm -hmm. know, just like this ability just to do this, and then you're totally someone else on stage. You can do that. <laughs> not yet, but I think... I think you're pretty good at doing that so mm. far, but you can Glad improve, obviously. You do like theater. Yes. You keep, you, keep a solid, you keep a solid poker face. I think that's the main thing. You keep a solid poker face when you mm. need to. And I think that's it. Not trying to show a particular emotion, but not showing any other one. And staying within that frame, so that other people think that the emotion that they have is... I think they reflect it back from you onto them. Mm. Yeah, but it's nice. And it's an easy way of, uh, you know, just letting something pass. <laughs> I, I need to practice my poker face and I don't know how. You know, I try to sometimes, because like when I laugh, I want to laugh as loud as I can, be as happy as I am, you know? Mm. And to have to suppress that, even if I find something funny is... You know, sometimes you just can't laugh because laughing would be inappropriate and then you laugh even harder. That's very good. Yeah. Very good. But you need to control that. Yeah. I mean, everybody can do what they want and no one should actually be in the need of controlling his or her own emotions. But I generally think it's so useful. On, on, the, same, on the same side of the coin as what, what you were saying. So when there's an inappropriate situation and you think about laughing and a lot of people would think that's disrespectful and you wouldn't behave. I mean, how nice is it that you can actually control that and channel that, you know? So. How do you think I can practice, actually? Poker facing? Yeah, man. You just I mean, play a lot of poker, bro. Yeah. Oh, shit <laughs> at poker. So, what one could always do is not necessarily having a poker face, literally like a poker. So, you just look natural or normal or you can't read anything from your face. But try to layer... Um, personalities and mood on top of yourself so for instance let's say i have slept three hours mm. feel like shit need to write an exam and uh, do you remember financial accounting i think it was the first semester yeah. with dr keller mm. dirty keller mm -hmm. um and i i convinced jacob as we were still living in the same street together in bergstedt i convinced him to uh <laughs> in, in meet up late at night with me uh a night before his exams and um, so he convinced me to do the very same on financial accounting. So I, I stayed up late. Um, I really didn't have a lot of sleep. And I went to school and on my way to uh, to university. And on my way to uni, I met another friend. And I suddenly, you know, because it's not really that person's responsibility that, I'm, that I have a bad mood. I switched to a good mood just to chill with this person and have, have nice talks. So to not, you know, let them get influenced by my bad mood. Yeah, and that is that is very hard. And just to try to layer something on top, you know, it's not about feeling nothing. It's about putting your body in a position where it can, uh, for a certain period of time, feel something else. 
So let's, let, I mean, the best example, and probably the best of society as well, is just when you have a bad mood, try to put a very good mood on. Because that's always very helpful emotional layering. Yeah, like I can see where you're coming from, Mom, but like you can't control that easily. Like some people, no. you can't at all. No. no. And I think it's just about what you end up. So you see this person while you're sort of pissed and you want to project something good and not project the thing that's bad mm. on you onto that person. And you, I just guess you don't bitch about your life in front of that person, you know? Because like, if, if you go to Jordan, for example, you see everyone's always complaining, you know? If I go and I talk to someone that's complaining, then I'm just going to be in a worse mood. And yeah. So they project that negativity onto you. And I think a lot of what you're saying and trying to be in a good mood isn't to be in a good mood, but to, but to not project that bad mood on someone else. Because that's going to create the bad frame where he has to react to the bad thing that you're stating. Yeah. And that puts everyone in a bad place. Yeah. So that's again I knew about. Well, definitely ain't easy. Definitely. How's that tea going? Pretty good. Just need to fix all this beauty. I'm really not a professional tea drinker yet, and it's a problem. Need to work on that. Yeah, I do. Oh damn, I do. So in February, are you going to look for a new apartment? Yeah, no, have to nice. find one for the beginning of March. Looking forward to that? Not really, because I wanted to spend all that time focused, you know, on the shit that I need to do. And uh, looking for an apartment is now... But you need to do shit, man. Exactly. Yeah, what? <laughs> you don't do anything. You're a lazy student like me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spend that time looking for a damn place, you know. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, especially in Hamburg, you know, like yeah. it's it's a bitch. Like especially anywhere, just finding a place in general is just come to. Yeah, it's an effort, and you need to move stuff, and you know you're not you're not there, but you're not there. And you don't know who you're gonna live with, or it's just a million things. Yeah. And it's mostly lucky what you get. Sometimes it's nice, sometimes it isn't, and sometimes it looks really nice, and you live there, and it's shit. Sometimes it's shit, but you actually enjoy living there. Hmm. It's weird. And I just don't want to go through that mental process again. I just want to have a place I can sleep at that's cheap and no one bothers me every day. That's it. Yeah. is isn't too far from where I need to be. Well, but you, you're not going to stay here longer than September, October, right? In the month, longer than September. Yeah. Probably just August. Max. No, but the ceremonies in September. You probably like, want like a bachelor's the, degree. The graduation ceremonies of September. That's like where everyone parties to get their degrees. <laughs> Will we get them beforehand, you think? I think I, I don't think I need to attend the thing. I don't think I need to. My well, just give, whatever, me, give me my degree and let me bounce. Depends on my situation, my timeline, where I need to be then. I wanted to spend a bit of summer here. Like the beginning, so I can... Yeah, don't miss the summer. I missed it last time. I totally missed it last year and I was in winter in Australia. It was bloody awesome. I really dipped my head in. Jesus. <laughs> so how cold was it? Well, it wasn't that cold, you know. But it's still winter in Australia. It's not that you don't feel anything. Especially in the southern part. The northern part is rather tropical. But um, Adelaide, where I worked is actually quite cold so sometimes in the morning you have frost mm. so it's like uh 
maybe an early December day in Hamburg. That's cold, but not like a lot of snow, no, not really snow, like, yeah. you know, especially during the day, you always have like eight degrees. Do you always have sun though? Very I, often, yeah. I realize very, it's very so often. important for me now. I need a place that has sun. Australia is just in the middle of nowhere. Generally, I think it's a very good place to live. Yeah. And when you're basically qualified and speak fluent English, you will have a single house, two cars, a wife and two children. You can send both children to private school. Australia is so rich, man. It is incredible because it distributes the gains they get from the minerals and resources boom just back onto the society. So even you can be a bricklayer, literally on the on the other side of the street where I lived, there was a bricklayer who worked three or four times a week mm. and he has a single house paid off with a pool, the car, two children he sends to private school. He's a fucking bricklayer. So this is truly incredible, but you know, what can you do from Australia? Okay, you can travel to New Zealand. Okay, you can travel to Different parts Bali. of Australia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's Australia, New Zealand and probably some parts of Indonesia. But how nice is the landscape in Australia? You said it's tropical rainforest, not? The north, yeah, Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very beautiful. So like monkeys and shit? In north of Brisbane. Probably in some areas. Mm. It's, Australia's really cool. Especially I like the, how much water you have, you know, because you mostly mm. spend time at the coast. I love water. Oh, you're close to the coast. Yeah. Mm. That's so like a part of my office, not the one in which I look, but another part of my office. You can directly from the city look at the sea. Oh, beautiful. Adelaide is really beautiful. Yeah, man, I know for a fact I need to live someplace close to water. Yeah. Sun and water, man. Really. So amazing. Yeah, so, it's so natural. You know, whenever yeah. I'm in Heilig Hafen, I'm like. <sighs> because it's truly different. Usually, it has more sun. The air is different. Man. And the air is so fresh. Yeah. And because you, we are at a, at a place in the in the climate where the wind blows a lot of the uh, clouds away, like Heiligenhafen and uh, especially Fehmarn, the island in front of it, have one of the most sun hours in Germany. Okay. Only some parts in Bavaria have different sun hours. This is why even the island of Fehmarn is even better because there's, there's so much sun. Okay, it's windy, but when it's windy, like 13 degrees and a lot of sun, it's really nice still. Yeah, I think I like uh, windsurfing and all that. Yeah. Look all right. Yeah. That's what we need to do when we finally get a good summer when we are actually in the country. Mm-hmm. And you wanted to come to Jordan? Yes, I do. Just need to secure funding for that. <laughs> need to figure out your life first. Yeah. Actually, a plane ticket from Prague to Jordan, Ryanair, mm-hmm. 60 euros back in back. Oh, in shit. Yeah. Then we need to plan in advance. But like we go to Prague for a weekend. <laughs> and then we fly to Yeah, Prague. I fly to Prague, you fly to Prague. Yeah. And we spend a weekend there. Do we know anyone in Prague? I have one of my, my best friends. Yeah? yeah? Okay, because otherwise I would suggest we just go in another city. Because we, you know, I don't want to sound bragging, but as through Erasmus and our study course, we've met so many people around Europe. And it's just you in this city or you're close to Paris and you just call that person. Yeah. But when you have a friend that's all Gucci and then we go to Jordan. Yeah, I'm so excited to meet them in Prague. Man, especially in the latest in September, I want to visit them. Yeah. Um, because they said then they're going to live in Paris. Mm-hmm. It's going to be pretty sick with a cool guy from Paris, chilling in Paris. Because beforehand, you know, when I was there with my father, for instance, it really is a bitch when you don't know the language. 
And even though it's Paris, I have a feeling a lot of people can only speak French. Mm, barely in English. It's like it's like in Madrid, you know, you think it's the capital, and it is, and no one speaks English. Yeah, so like in Madrid, I used to go up to people and I would speak to them in Spanish, like ask them, you know, where's that that restaurant that I'm going for, something, whatever. Mm. And they would always answer in English. Really? I, would, um, I was shocked, you know, the entire time. When I was at the supermarket, I'd tell the guy that's selling me shit, thank you. And like in Spanish, he'd answer, he'd answer in English. You're welcome. Yeah. I was. Um, I don't. I never understood it. Like, do I do I seem like that much of a foreigner in Madrid? That people. You seem more of a foreigner than me. You look like an Arab, and I look like. You look like a German. I look either like a German, but I could like also be somehow a Spaniard if I stay in that country longer and get a term. And I could all also be uh, from Great Britain or something. You know, it's just like. They look at me and they probably think European and they look at you and be like Arab. And not, not as a prejudice, you know, but then it's more likely that this person doesn't speak Spanish. Or, or to put it the other way around, it's more likely that you can easily communicate in English. Mm-hmm. You know? Because when I would see an Arab, it's not like I'd see a Frenchman or a Frenchwoman. When I see an Arab or, or someone from that region, I would automatically know I can speak to them in English. Because with French people, think, very often it's just French. I don't think I look Arab, man. Every everyone in Europe thinks I'm European. Really? Yeah. Either Italian or French. Well, then it's your great Spanish skills. Like obviously. Hola, Obviously, it's my Spanish skills. Me llamo Khalid. Soy de Palestina. ¿Dónde podría encontrar el camino hasta la iglesia, por favor? Well, you really need to practice before it. Oh man, this is, I fucking love Andres for suggesting to do a ton. When did you start doing it? I don't know, just like one, one day after school, he was like, Jan, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, what's up, man? How can I, how can I help you? Mm. He's like, yeah, you want to do a ton, mm. And it's really cool because he actually bloody thinks about German language. Like he asks me the first half an hour we do German and he asks me, Questions which I'm not able to fully answer sometimes. He really thinks about German and he really means it bloody seriously. His German is so much more better than, than our Spanish, really. And then he basically, I just tell him stuff and then he corrects everything. And there's a function in Skype where you can write it down and then it pops up in the screen. Mm-hmm. It's really nice because then... Oh, you did it over Skype too? Yeah, we usually do it over oh, Skype. Nice. We used to be in uni, but we don't have uni. So since two weeks, for two weeks now we've been doing it. And um, he, so basically he corrects what, what I said or what I'm asking and then he talks about stuff. Mm. And it's so nice because through that you can get these skills which are which you, stuff you often use in the conversation. You know, like in, in st- you basically when you say a thing, you can say okay. Mm. But that you just rehearse that, you hear that, you, you say that, you actually uh, practice to, con- to have a conversation. Because I'm still lacking this, you know, I can, I can do it if you need it for you if you want. But having a conversation for like 10 minutes about decent topics is not really possible. Mm. So, um, maybe, um, have you checked whether meetup.com in Hamburg is active? Oh, they do Spanish groups weekly, right? But I haven't checked this in a long time. But did you, did you go there? I've never went to a Spanish meetup there. I'll let you know about the, I'll check it again. I haven't checked it in yeah. a long time. Because you just should, should have a look at you know, grab, basically grab any Spaniard, mm. especially, um, I don't want to sound offensive, but I think, you know, either sex is actually all right. 
Like I think it's it's very very nice with Andres, mm. and sometimes when I talk longer, it was rather um, to girls who actually wanted to teach me something. You know, otherwise they just switch to English. Either either sex is nice. Both persons are awesome. The only thing is that both are committed. You know, mm. it shouldn't be well if if that Spaniard is alright with it, you can just talk to him Spanish and he corrects you. But the best case is when they both of them get something out of it. So maybe that you look. I don't know whether you can look online, but. You know, you can offer Arabic and German and English and you want Spanish. So that's actually a pretty flexible combination, you know. Yeah, but I, I don't have it on my list of things to really improve. Really? Right I want to be, be as fluent in Spanish as in English. No, dude, not, not now. Later on. Mm. Uh, I don't see the point. I'm in Germany. You know, I want to practice German more than Spanish. Mm. And later on, I'll... Uh, like when I have the time, I'll never have the time. When I like decide, you know, I want to improve this and focus on this, I'll probably take a class somewhere and like take really intensive classes, mm -hmm. three, four hours a week for a year, and then I'm back. You know, because it doesn't really go away. Mm. Like like it goes away, but then in a week you get it back, and then you continue. And like I'm always, whenever I have the opportunity to speak Spanish, I do. So that's always nice. Yeah. Like I told you that the other day on Saturday when I was going home and I just went up to this group of Spanish people. And it's so rare, it's so rare here in Hamburg to see a group of Spanish people out of nowhere. Yeah, really rare. It happens, but... <laughs> no. And I just went up to them like, ¿Dónde estás? And they're like, ¿Estamos aquí? ¿Estamos aquí? Where are you? We're right here. That wasn't the best start to a conversation, but you know, I was in the group then. You know, I was listening to them. And it was like nice to to be involved. Mm. But it just gives you so much access. I love it. Yeah, language is great. Yeah, I think like French is so on the list. Really? Yeah. Not really. No. I like I like how they talk. Well, I had it for five years. Mm. They could speak it fluently in year ten. Then I stopped learning. And it just vanishes like crazy. Mm -hmm. But when they when they talk, like every third word I actually understand. And then sometimes you're like, ah, they actually talk about stuff, you know? But it has so many special forms. And if you would like to go into diplomacy, this could be the language for you. But otherwise it's not even increasingly relevant, you know? Spanish makes sense because it's central in South America. It's part of Central, oh yeah, Central America. Then part of Southern USA. I don't know, something about France, I think, has a good future. I don't know why. Hmm. I feel like... Yeah, I like the attitude of the people. They're really fun, they're really easygoing, but at the same time... I, I, I can't really explain it. Some of them, they're just like every other place. Some people suck, some people don't. And I don't know. I like French girls too. I have to be honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But something I wanted to talk about for a while: language. Because mm. a part of me, I told you the other day, a part of me in, in the back of my head is really careful of every word I'm trying to use when I'm describing something. But there is no but. There is just. <laughs> I still have a lot. Big welcome. Thanks. 
so it's just that you realize that every every word says something you know every word yeah. creates a type of meaning in someone you're talking to and together a bunch of words can create maybe the meaning that will benefit you the most throughout the interaction and i'm not talking about manipulation i'm just talking about just having a good interaction by being clear about what you're saying yeah in arguments and discussions and just having a conversation and and this part of me it's just getting stronger and stronger and it mainly started when i started the podcast and mm. also meeting you and it's just like when you're trying to explain something to someone you you try to understand the spoke of it careful mate um where was i when you Oh yeah, you look at the base at where someone is with what you're what what you're knowing right now or what you're trying to explain, and you try to explain to that person what you want to explain at the level that you think that they would understand it from what they know. Yeah. To that lowest thing, and then you go up slowly. Instead of just going, sometimes you can start generally and then go specific from bottom to, to top. Yeah. But I. I'm just a part of me is becoming so much more aware of this process and it just feels really weird. That you need to simplify sometimes or? That I'm being more and more careful with my words and it's not stopping. And this this part isn't stopping, you know? It just keeps on thinking, how can I say this better? There's always a better way to say something, you know? Yeah. I mean, without sounding like an asshole, I'd probably say that there's always a better way to say something, but, you know... It's the same with perfectionism. If you if you overdo it, it's not good for you. Yeah, but I think you know? the chase after perfection in a good way is. Uh, yeah, well then, keep going, Mike. Don't worry. But it just shows you because a lot of what life is is you being able to portray meaning to other people and having them understand what you mean and seeing what you can do after that. It's incredibly important. Yeah. It's just you're you're living with other people, and you have to interact constantly. And a lot of what you are is what other people decide you are, in a sense. And you have a good degree of control of how you can make people think of you in certain situations by communicating yourself properly, not just through words, by clothes, by your body language, but everything communicates something. What are you doing? There's a can't clean my desk properly but that really doesn't have anything to do with the discussion okay yeah um no dude like next time we'll record with a proper mic in the kitchen two glasses of whiskey Ooh. yeah like i said the alpha grouse is still there nice but yeah um it really reminds me of the same uh, the very first episode john peterson gave about how he interpreted the bible okay so yeah. you watched that yeah, the first four. What? Yeah, when I was in Madrid, I had a lot of time. So what I basically did in the morning, I was just doing sports. Mm. And then I lay, laid outside, just listened to this YouTube video. I mean, how long did they go? Like Two hours and a half. Yeah, two hours. I watched the yeah. first four or five ones. Nice. And I'm double the speed, and then I was just standing and listening to John Peterson. Pretty good mix. Yeah. Especially with Bluetooth headphones, so you don't damage your laptop outside. Okay. Gotta be careful. And uh, it was the biblical series that you watched. Yeah. Um, first three four ones are really good then he i don't know i think he's more religious than me but i still think um 
he really has made up his mind about the Bible and it's really interesting to hear. I don't think he believes in the Bible, man. I think he believes in the story that the Bible signifies. Yeah, but that's 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 a Christian for me. If you believe in the Bible, you're a fundamentalist Christian and I don't really want to talk to them. <sighs> He's not... It's not like that, man. What do you think it is? He's telling you that everything that we communicate has a story-like structure. Even your narrative in your head, mm. psychologically, every day is a story-like structure. You're playing your own part in your own movie, and I'm a player in that movie, and Masi's a player in that movie, and you, you somehow have certain expectations of how we are as characters and how we act, yeah. and you know how to deal with us and all of that. And every time you're in a different place, you're creating a different story. And right now, you're at a point in your life where you're trying to decide on your future. And your future, your decision right now is going to change the narrative of your story. Yeah. So it might have a different ending or the journey along the way is going to be different. But take that not to you right now, but to the entire existence of humanity from when the universe even started. It's like a story. And right now, because we are so far the most intelligent thing we think we are on, in the universe and on this planet, it's our story. It's not the story of any other animal on, on this earth. And as we try to, the thing that makes us different from any other animal is that we can portray or pass down information generation to generation. And the only thing that gets passed down is the thing that's, it's basically the core essence of the lessons that humanity learned throughout the about seven million years of us branching off from, from monkeys. Or I eight. think it's less than 7 million, but I know what you mean. So all of these stories, they build up and you get these these lessons on how, how our brains are built, what we want, how we deal with everything. Like you have gods and we, I talked about this in another episode that you probably didn't listen to. Because you're about to oh, of course I've listened to them. Is that I listen to all of them, these sexy podcast episodes. Shout outs to Midnight Western! <laughs> <laughs> So, when you get angry, for example, you embody Ares, the god of war. For, and when you look at gods in Greek mythology, they're in a narrative and there's a story and they're characters within that story and they do things as well. Mm. And when you're angry and you're just out there and raging, you don't, you, you're not in control of yourself. You're embodying the pattern that's represented by the maximal ideal of what that pattern is represented by Aries, which is the ideal. And you act that pattern out, and we see that pattern through understanding the ideal within the story, and that's the character. Mm. And this applies to every layer within you psychologically, and it also applies to the Bible. And the Bible is just that. It's lessons carried on from the past 3,000 years, or 2,000 years, sorry. Supposedly 2,000 years. And they... They have the lessons. So Noah and the Ark, for example, that's a story represented in more than more than a religion. And it's it's like the eighth episode, it wasn't the fifth. Mm. And he talks about how if you look at the universe fundamentally, yin and yang, and you have you know this good and bad merging and you have chaos and order. Well, for me I just have good. <laughs> what is the good stuff? Is it yin or is it yang? I'm not sure. No, I just have yin. I'm certain. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah, some people are actually in balance. 
You're out of balance and need to have some equilibrium. No, I, didn't, I, I just need to balance myself for the one of fucking mass on science or dirty vegetables in law. Yeah, figure that <sighs> out. Let me know. Bloody loving it. Oh, you have a wakeboard, right? Uh, no, it's a longboard. longboard. It consists of bamboo, which is really nice because you can move up and down and therefore gain speed. Oh, yeah. And when you go downhill, you can go faster. But I haven't used it in years. I probably need to invest another 60 euros in it. You, you remember Vincent, right? The very tall, white yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, he really loves longboarding, so we do it every summer. So when you stay long enough, we can go longboarding together. But you need to invest another 60 euros, why? Um, I think the last time I probably used it was 2015. And now it's 2.19, so a lot of stuff went rusty because I didn't take care of it. The bamboo itself is perfectly fine, but it's just, I think, potentially to change the bearings or the axis. Okay. How much does it cost? Oh, this whole thing? Yeah. They're not even built anymore, so if you want to buy them today, probably 300. I bought it for like 270. Okay. So but it's increased in price. If you want yeah, to yeah because it. they're not being produced anymore. Loaded, stopped producing, whatever. It's a, it's a brand from California. Yeah. They actually do very cool stuff. Okay. Uh, and I think Vincent has a spare longboard, which he can give you then. Oh. I don't know how much stuff he has in uh, in Innsbruck where he studies, but where is that? It's in Austria, very close to an area where you can ski a lot. And uh, Vincent has shown me a very very funny video of him because I don't know how to say that in English, but when one of these uh, bands is ripping apart, the tendons. Uh, no. It's not the very. It's not the Achilles. But it's uh, it's one of the side ones here, and man, he was skiing, and he tried to do a backflip, while skiing, you know, like with a ramp and then a backflip, but he landed the wrong way, so he ripped one of his legs entirely apart, and he can't go skiing for like the next f four months, and he usually goes skiing four times a week, so that's like his hobby and his life destroyed for this winter. He showed me the video, man. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, you saw the video where he splits his leg. Well, he's not really splitting his leg, but you can really see that he tries to land the backflip and he really doesn't land it. Yeah, after the episode, I'm going to show you the video. Really, really funny. Yeah, a friend of a friend of his uh, filmed it. God bless his soul. Yeah, at least you can show the doctor what you've done. Oh, yeah, right? Oh, man. Yeah, man. What a happy doctor. Yeah, when he takes care of you, he can laugh about you. <laughs> I like today with the water. Oh, that was absolutely gorgeous. But I feel like... You're a cheating piece of shit. Exactly. That, that's a good DVD assistant. I, don't, I didn't feel bad about it. You know, but no, I feel because like, you're a cheater. But I feel like I paid the price. You know, so that oh, well, fun. yeah, that's actually fair enough. <laughs> you know? you know? Making it happen. Right. Getting wet and shit. Yeah. But I, I don't want to say anything in case Voyant's listening to the episode. Imagine, like, teachers listen to this. You know? No, I actually thought about... I thought about the process of how I would go on about it, you know, and I thought about what? About going to the computer lab and getting and googling anything, you know. And I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, no one's near me, almost just a secretariat, and I go down. I. But how much time did it take you? Like seven minutes. Really, that quick? Yeah, because it just took even less, but it took a while to turn the computer on. Mm. And then waited till it's on. I logged in, and this is what I thought about. You know, we're gonna see. Uh, there is a student that has an exam right now that logged in at the same time. But I thought they're not that sophisticated. You know, they, we can't we can't have that data. And then I thought, oh, they're gonna see the searches too. They'd have that info. And I'm like, you know, they <laughs> they're just probably not. not. 
Those are smart learnings. At the end of the day, you're just cheating yourself, Khalid. Yeah, Yeah, obviously, because I tried to avoid losing 25 marks because of something I knew really well. I I knew it. I explained all of it. I just saw... After you Googled it. After I knew what the name represents. Ah. You know? But Ants of Madrid really creeped the shit out of me as well. Because, yeah, what the fuck is this word? Because there's there's so many mattresses which we had to learn. You know, you Mm. have, like, some assumptions from Porter... Then you have the matrix by the Boston Consulting Group. Then you have the McKinsey matrix. Then you have the Unsolved matrix. Then you have the strategic bloody clock. And all of these are either in a graph or in a matrix of four. And they're always talking about strategy. Mm. And that's just the ones which I remember right now. I think we probably have to memorize two or three more. It's just confusing. I mean, you know, like you have Unsolved, you have Porter, you have Bauman. Bloody I'm matrix. surprised you even remember every single one, man. Well, because I actually study my shit, mate. Mate, huh? Careful, yeah. mate. Let's see who gets a higher mark, bro. To go back to Jordan Peterson, man. Mm. So, after these stories are developed, you know, like, he, he went through at least the Adam and Eve part and all of those, and he's trying to look at them psychologically. And if you, if you see how he grapples with all of this, because you get questions from students that ask him about uh, the Tao... Tao theory or what was it? Taoism. 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 Yeah. And a bunch of other things. And the guy, the guy's read it all, but he he's telling you like they, these every every one of these stories they represent something like Pinocchio and with Geppetto, the guy who made P- P- Pinocchio, he wishes upon a star to. Oh, what are you doing, man? Pardon? <sighs> no, but. I, you know, even though even though I said that um, he's probably more religious than me, I still listen to eight hours of his talks. You know, so I think he's he's very sophisticated in really bringing to the point what something is about, mm. especially when it's about things where I wouldn't inform myself. I wouldn't go read the Bible. I wouldn't. Mm. Like I, I had to read some parts due to the school lectures and my confirmation and that I'm a teacher from the evangelical Christianity mm. um, to go on these trips. I had to read some of it. But I would never just do all this effort and just to just to get this understanding, you know. So someone serving it to you on a silver platter is awesome. I really enjoyed that. Well, he does it so well. Yeah, he really brings things psychologically to the point. And I actually think he's not even that he's not bad at explaining, but he's so intelligent and it's like he how he um, analyzes and abstract is able to abstract things. Um, Without even a presentation, you know, he has a picture and he talks about it 40 minutes in excruciatingly detailed ways. That is just absolutely remarkable. And whether he's more religious than me, I really don't give a shit about this. Yeah. I don't care whether people are religious or not. Can you prove a point? You know, and are you tolerant? This is what I care about. Otherwise, religion doesn't really matter for me. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a Jew. I'm an atheist. Everybody has their own religion. Yeah, man, his ability isn't about just abstracting everything and getting the core essence of what something is. It's also being able to verbalize it properly and yeah. put it in words that can explain it in a good structure to people. Because you might know something and you might really know it inside, but until the words are said and it's verbalized, you don't really feel like you understand it and you can't really act on it if you don't understand yeah. it. It's like it's fog and the words clarify it. Man, he, has, he, he must have understood it like crazy. You know, after elaborating 
how long is this series? Let's say 16 hours on the Bible. Mm. More you probably you are probably aware about what Christianity is more or less about. Yeah, and then like uh, there was a guy who asked him a question at some point, and he's like, uh, "What do you believe?" Mm. He asked Peterson like, what he believed, and I saw Peterson at that moment. He got pissed, you know. You know, he's like, everyone's asking me that, and first off, you know, it's not anyone's concern what I believe. And he got pissed, you know, because he's not trying to make... But again, any... he's a scientist. Yeah, he's you know? he doesn't, he's not trying to, his beliefs aren't the problem here, you know. But then, yeah. in another episode... Or not the major influence, let's say, he just tries to analyze it. Yeah. There are obviously influences, you know, whether you're a white, hetero male from Europe, or like... Um, a black girl from uh, Nigeria, it's, it's totally different from where you come from, but he tries to eliminate that as good as, as, good as possible. Mm -hmm. That's what I really like, you know, because I think he phrases it so diplomatically yeah. that you actually have people who are Christians. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, uh, I would sit in front of it with Ikena and look at it, and I think he would agree and I would agree that he did a good thing. Whereas he's way closer to his Christian God, and I, I feel myself personally not connected to any God. And, you know, for both of us, that one makes sense. And I think this is the, this is probably the best thing of any leader, whether you have um, crucial situations and you try and achieve, including everyone and respect everyone. You know, when you sit in a room with people with 50 different nationalities and you try to include and let include everyone and treat everybody respectfully, Jesus Christ, you have managed quite a bit. Because I think this is the hardest thing, you know, phrase things diplomatically. Yeah, he's careful about his words. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's careful about his words. What a lad. Yeah. What a big alpha male he is indeed. Yeah. Honestly, like, I'm so jealous that Yannick, uh, Yannick that yeah, our Finnish friend yeah. actually saw him live. Yeah, I'm supposed to be with him. I'm supposed to be with him. I still need to see whether he's going to get to Europe at some point. Yeah. Or I would love to see one of his lectures in Canada. Dude, yeah. Like Can um, some basic psychology from Peterson, like a week's, week, week course. Yeah, that's actually something I thought about, you know, taking a degree in psychology. psychology yeah. But I don't feel like I, I want to spend the time getting a degree. I just want to understand all of it myself and that's it. Yeah, I think yeah. through private interaction you can do this well enough because I thought about instead of law doing psychology. But the issue is when you want to be in, in good schools, or in good places, you need to have really high grades in biology and I really sucked at biology. Mm. So I wouldn't get into the places where I want to be. Which is sad because I think psychology is so awesome because you understand the brain and the person who's acting around this brain. It's pretty sick. Mm. But, uh, we'll see. Like uh, uh, For me, it's just trying to understand. Because it's constantly something you'll always go against if, if you try to do it with your own brain. Because like we're... Yeah, because we're so biased as well. What do you mean? Like, do you mean explaining yourself or? Trying to understand how your thought processes work and being aware of them and seeing why you think you thought the way you thought, yeah. you know? Because we see work through a lens and I think I see myself interacting in different ways than you see me interacting. Yeah. And you will probably judge or praise things which I thought would be the other way around. Mm -hmm. So I think talking to people from from the outside world of your brain and not only assessing yourselves, your own this is why feedback is so important because yeah. continuous people need to tell you whether when you actually want to improve you need to ask for feedback as often as you can yeah. and this is getting back to our point in the beginning that i think it's absolutely ridiculous 
the misagreement is not giving us feedback. Yeah, yeah. But I think if we ask him later on, he would actually tell us. Yeah, but something. we're not going to have him again. It's the last English module. Yeah, but we can just ask him. Like, yeah, yeah, first, yeah, yeah. I thought we should email him and have a beer with yeah, him and go in. Because he has like 60 presentations, you know, he's got, not going to... I hope he's going to remember us. Yeah, he would remember us. He's cool, but... He's our teacher, you know, I think I'd remember that. We're actually going to have our controlling professor next year in international business law. Martini. Tom Martini. Again? Yeah. Um, but, um, two things I asked him. Um, we're actually just going to have it with our class, so with no fashion people. Okay. And he told me that he's wanna, he wants to go in greater detail and give us more stuff so we can learn things. And he actually holds a degree for international business law from UCL, University College London. And that's actually, and I didn't think that he went there, one of the best universities in Europe. So he really is good at this stuff. Man, the guy knows his shit. Though, he really does. Like, you know, he's like, you know, for PwC, I was like in New York, and then I did this with KPMG in Shanghai, you know, and he mentions like on the sidetrack of it. He actually is, I think, one of the most qualified uh, people we have at the university who don't possess doctor's or professor's degrees. He's so educated. He has like uh, six degrees. He's like our corporate taxation dude who did like bachelor's degree in like every undergraduate subject. You know, he did like business management, um, economics, philosophy, computer science as bachelor's. <laughs> How old is he? Uh, I don't know, 45. He doesn't look 45, man. You mean uh, I could? Yeah. You remember him, right? Yeah. Yeah, he looks younger, right? He looks like 30, 34. He looks like 27. <laughs> you think you're that young? <laughs> he, prob he probably runs a marathon every year as well. You know, but this is possible as well, and I think this is incredible. Damn, saying some people, man. I didn't know that. This is why I want to do an entirely different degree, and I thought about psychology. Yeah. But um, sooner or later, I see myself in Hamburg. Yeah. And with that, I need to do something which is actually important in Hamburg. Mm. and uh, studying psychology in English or studying law in English doesn't help me in Hamburg and I want to stay in the long run you know I want to travel around the world but I also need to study something which is relevant here so either something in German or English which is important to the industries so finance or law yeah and you think Berlin would be a new experience for you it would be nice you know it's, it's not that I'm not enjoying it with Yanni I really love it you know he sometimes pisses me off because he's not thinking about things you know he's not perceiving things you know you just like you know, the rubbish bin is full, just take it out. The washing machine is cleaned. Uh, the washing machine, the dishwasher. Just, you know, get the stuff out there. That sometimes pisses me off, but I can always talk with him about things. The rent is great, I live so centrally. But I think if I study something again, I want to do it in another city to gain another new perspective. I want to stay here later in Hamburg anyways. Might as well go to Berlin. Or to St. Gallen to study a master in banking and finance. Which will be good for my money, you know, but... I think law is actually more grounding and interesting. I think law has just a good infrastructure for everything. Yeah. Like... You get the rules of the game, how societies organize themselves. After you've gotten this, you understand what people can and cannot do and what you can and cannot do. And, you know, you can be everything with it. You can be politician, you can be scientists, you can work in a consultancy, you can consult any other company when you are independent. You know, let's say I specialize in competition law and your company has a problem. I can help you. If you make a, a master in law in another jurisdiction, you can even work between those countries. You can teach what you've learned. There's so many possibilities. You can open up your own business. I mean, Sarah Lunder has a doctorate in law, right? A doctorate and a master. 
she's actually probably one of the most qualified people who don't have a professor's degree. She told me that one of the of her mentors is the current uh, is is sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States. So she actually studied uh, law in Germany, and then she did a one or two semesters abroad in Australia, and then she did somewhere else her masters, and then she did somewhere else a doctor degree. I don't know what she does right now, but she is very competent. I really enjoy talking to her. We'll have a phone call with her next week, I think. You still don't have a, you didn't have a phone call with her? Oh, we had a phone call. Almost two hours. Yeah. She's awesome. What do, what's he talking about? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of things about her experience, about my experience, what, what one should want, how she assesses me, what feedback she gives me. That um, must have been... Uh, dude, that was really, truly incredible, especially just hearing how she's done it. it but you know, about, about this idea of creating a grand outline instead of just focusing yourself on a certain plan. But right now, updating myself. Outline. Pardon? What does she mean? So with, you know, with grand outline, it's just having having an idea in mind where you want to go, but not saying I need to study at this university, meet this person, get exactly this apartment. So saying, okay, I want to study abroad, but you know, making this a goal in terms of um, what you want to achieve, not specifying it too much, because you either will be disappointed, um, or there will be always something you can somehow criticize, and. Um, but before that, I was basically talking to her about whether I should do a master's degree which has law in it, or I should do a master in finance. But there's no master's degree with law in it which you can do without having studied law. So either way, I need to do an LLB, which is international, basically, uh, law. Or I study something so I can become a lawyer in Germany, which is one and a half years longer. So there's so many options, and I want to talk with her about where should I study, whether she thinks it makes sense. Because I really want to divest myself and, well, business management is interesting, but I also want to do either law or psychology. But Yanni, uh, Lenny does already psychology. I'm the only one in my social surroundings that studies law, would study law, that I'm interested in. You know, and I really want to find my own field as well, that gives me a good feeling. Mm. Because for instance, Helen is so successful in, in management. Leo is so successful with any kind of numbers and mathematics. And um, Lenny is so successful, well, not really so successful, but he's good in psychology. Someone else is good at studying medicine. So I want to have, have my own sphere in my group constellation where I see myself. Nice. So this is why law makes sense. The only thing that really just pisses me off about the fact is that um, my scholarships would stop. And that means significantly less money for me. And I don't know how I can afford it. Mm. You know, with master in finance, it's nice. I pause it for a year, I do internships, I travel around the world, I visit you. And I'm not getting money in the meantime when I keep studying, especially for a master's degree abroad, they pay so much. You know, it can actually like half my expenses over the entire master, including your flights. Mm. So it really, that makes a gigantic difference. And I, I, I just was thinking, well, why don't I just do a master in finance somewhere, get money, earn money, and make any kind of law courses on the side. Because master in finance is just two more years, and then I'm set for a job. But for me, it's also not that much about career, you know, I just want to get society before I die, so why not study a bit longer and then have law? And this is why I will talk to Lisa tonight. Mm. Yeah. At what point did you really feel like law entered your sphere? So Early, but not positively, through my father, because he's the first one who did his abitur from my father's side of the family. Okay. 
So he thought he should study something meaningful. He started geography, thought it was bullshit, and then he did law. Wasn't really that happy, and it really stressed him out. And then he did. You do you do the first state exam, then you do a referendariat for two years after studying, and then you do another big exam, and then you are fully qualified lawyer. So it takes even longer than what I said. And he's a fully qualified lawyer, but he he really regretted it, and he wasn't that good. So he was a lawyer for insurances, which is usually quite boring. Mm. He didn't like his job, and he projected that on me. So I connected with him not being happy about his job or about his life decisions to study law. So I thought, well, then I can't study law because my father's not happy with it. But he was happy with the study courses, only what he, I don't know. It's about assessing yourself and where you want to go, and I think he hasn't properly done this. It's part of the reason why for his midlife crisis. Mm. He's having one now, yeah? No, no, he had one. He changed his job. You know, my parents got divorced. He changed a lot of stuff in his life. You know, but I don't. I don't want to have this when I'm fifty. I want to have this when I'm now. Now, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Always. I think that's a good aim into the podcast. No, we had because uh, yeah, um, great man. Piece of shit. It's only mine. How did the, how do you feel like I, I feel like I've I've seen you, throughout the past three years and mm. we both changed in a lot of ways. Um, I remember you know while you were going through your divorce, your parents' divorce, I was going through my own thing, mm. and I remember like seeing you in that place and, like you were trying to deal with it like an adult fashionably, but you know of course it hits you, as well. How much of a shock. Was it for you? It hit me in other ways. It wasn't a shock at all. Mm. The marriage of my parents had been bad for five years. And well, now I always have... Uh, it's not like that I very often assess social situations, but I feel them. And let's say um, the two of us are in a room and Yanni comes in. I feel how the situation changes. So for in this case, namely, that his English of, level of English is lower. That he has a different understanding than the two of us, that he probably quicker find something weird, and that would change the constellation. So I very often have the feeling when people are in a certain room, um, I get how I feel how it is, not really that I assess it. And with my parents, it was for so long the case that one of them got in the room and I was in with the other, and suddenly the situation was tense. You know, not not necessarily aggression, but it's just that you saw that two people were living close to one another, which really were like magnets sometimes sometimes very close but sometimes very far away from each other mm. and you know it's it sounds really harsh but basically like someone telling you your grandfather's gonna die in exactly five years and someone tells you that every day you're not surprised when it actually takes place so this wasn't really the shock it was just what all of this meant and how hurt my sisters were which uh, hit me emotionally but i dealt with it quite well as it wasn't really unsuspected or one was cheating the other that was really wasn't the case so um well there were adults about it there were bloody adults about it i probably wouldn't have so uh, good on them yeah yeah they understood what they were working for yeah yeah they did it quite as rational as you can do it even though it's quite hard take care of your children in the process as much as you can amen (sighs) ah right um I guess, listen, I'll upload this one. Do it. And 
which will give people an idea of who you are so that when we drive to Hagenhafen we just sit down and do like two and a half hours of recording listeners will skyrocket <laughs> maybe some people would actually start listening to the podcast can you see the amount somewhere? yeah yeah of course Really? Yeah. How many people? I'll, listen, I'll show you after I stop recording. Right, yeah. the <laughs> you guys don't get to see that shit. Peace.